Local Content Podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered, or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 73 of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today, I have with me the lovely Elena Turley, founder of Soul Mama Hub, a blog and membership for women looking to thrive, live consciously, and nurture their family with informed and intuitive choices that are not only just good for their loved ones, but the planet as well. With a career spanning more than 30 years of experience, in and out of the home in a wide variety of industries, Elena holds a heap of qualifications. Some of them include oral history, building, secondary education, filmmaking, have keto and permaculture design. My goodness, what a list. So bringing all that experience and expertise to the table, she's deeply passionate about co-creating a healthy, holistic lifestyle with mothers who are ready to become the change makers they dream of being. Welcome to the podcast, Elena. Thank you, Mel. It's so great to be here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I feel like I've actually been saying this a lot of my guests lately, but you are one of the most wise, passionate human beings that cares so deeply about others. I recently had the honour of actually being on your podcast, Unboxable, and I really feel like that your passion, your quiet passion, really shone through. So I know a little bit about you and your background, Thank you. but would you mind sharing with my listeners some of your journey that got you to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. I'm actually just writing down those gorgeous words. You just use quiet passion. I love that. I do feel a bit seen by you, Mel, when we hang out. I think we see each other in a lovely way. And I guess just to give a little quick background, I was a person who grew up in Sydney and had a pretty great upbringing in a lot of ways and very loving family around me. However, because of early life traumas around some separation between my parents, I had this kind of nugget ready to explode as I grew up of early life trauma. And I didn't really know what that was. I still am always learning about it. But what it did is it led me into a life that included some adversity. I experienced a period of addiction of about 12 years. I experience domestic violence, family violence, PTSD resulting from a violent attack from someone I knew in my home. And then I went into a period of about seven years of single parenthood and recovery, intense recovery and personal development. And at the worst, I was, you know, homeless, addicted, recovering from violence. And at the best, I'm now running a business that is really focused on supporting women to move out of whatever has them stuck into whatever really excites them and whatever change they want to make in the world and I live with my husband and my three kids and one dog on the northern beaches of Sydney after a whole lot of travel and change and 
a black belt in martial arts and lots of different things. So that's the nutshell version. <laughs> I love it so much. And your whole business and your concept and your message is based around this term or idea of a soul mama. I would love to know how do you describe what a soul mama is and can anyone be one? Yeah, anyone can be one as long as you'd like to. It's totally a willingness call. So to me, being a soul mama is kind of personal for everybody, but the key values, I guess, that underpin it, one of them is something I like to call custodianship. So I think when we become women who, who turn into mothers through matrescence, we often, and this can happen in other ways too, not only mothers, but, but women in general are faced with opportunities to grow and develop throughout their lives. And what I've noticed is that there comes a time where the daily grind or the daily kind of momentum, the modern world momentum can feel a little shallow and a little hollow. And those are the times I think that we yearn for some depth and some meaning and some purpose and maybe to get back in touch of parts of us that we feel disconnected from. And so a soul mama is a woman who is ready to reconnect. She is someone ready to step into that role as a custodian of their one precious life, as a custodian of their family, and as a custodian of the earth, of this planet. So I believe they're all connected and that our ability to live in calibration with our authentic self then moves outward into looking after nature, which is kind of what we're part of and we sometimes forget we are. So yeah. that's sort of what it means to me. But on the day-to-day, -day, it actually just is about health and well-being and connection to your own values and how do you bring that into your everyday so that you don't just feel like you're on the kind of hamster wheel or, you know, Groundhog Day feeling. Yeah, and I know that so many women in particular do feel like that, that every day is the same as yesterday and every coming day will be the same as today. And that feeling, I guess, of disconnection that you spoke about as well can really have an impact on the way that they show up in life and what they do for them, themselves as well. So yeah. if someone is feeling that disconnection or feeling like they're perhaps ready to step into something more custodianship that you, is the word that you use, which I think is a beautiful word as well, what kinds of things can they do in order to do that? I know that's a really big question. Sure. Where can we start with that? So first of all, just to credit where credit's due, the word custodianship is something that I've learned from Aboriginal cultures in Australia. So Aboriginal cultures in Australia have a different relationship with land. We Westerners, we own the land. And my understanding, and it's a rudimentary understanding at best, is that in a lot of Aboriginal cultures, the land owns the people. It's the other way around. People are custodians of the land and carers. And they feel like in that sort of modality, the land is like our great mother. So if we don't feel connected to our great mother, we're getting a bit hippie here, which I like, then we feel a bit disconnected as mothers ourselves. So it's about connecting to that feminine kind of role of being connected with natural cycles and natural things. That said, I don't focus on that in my work because I feel like there's a lot of people that do that and there's a lot out there on that and I love it. And what I focus on in my work is actually a kind of set of values and, and actions, like practical actions. How can we bring these values into our life day to day? And I often start with, there's a five-stage process inside my membership. 
And it's to do with bringing awareness, first of all, just bringing awareness to where we aren't taking care of ourselves. And that could be really simple. It could be, I need a drink of water, you know, or it could be more complex. My mental health is suffering and I need support to look at maintaining a better level of mental health. There's a lot of different personal levels of that. And then we would move into looking at connection. So how do I feel connected within myself? Do I have a daily practice of connecting to what my body is telling me and what my intuition is telling me? Do I have a daily practice? And those practices are wide and varied, again, very personal. There's a lot that you can do there. And some people will like yoga and other people like walking in a park. It really depends what it is that you do or want to do or feel to do and who you are. And then I like to look at how we live in our homes and how we can actually start to do really simple things like composting or making more food for ourselves from scratch or drinking fermented drinks or whatever it might be for you. Again, it's quite personal. So I do a lot of bespoke, bespoke guidance in these areas because it's so different for everybody. How can we have less waste coming out of our homes? And that brings us immediately aligns us with the values that we're talking about here of being better carers of our environment. And then we move into, okay, what do I want to create in the world? How can I be really intentional? So we look at our values, we look at our productivity, we look at are we abandoning certain dreams that are really important that just keep coming back and we're not pursuing them because maybe we don't believe we can or maybe we have a limiting belief around that about ourselves. What do we want to create in the world and how can we do that? And then we kind of look at purpose. What's our bigger purpose? How do we go out and become the change maker that we dream of being? I feel like every person feels a bit of a calling to make an impact in the world when you get down to it. And I think it's actually a basic human right to be able to live as who we are and to live our purpose, whatever that means to you. Mm. So then we get into that bigger stuff, how are we showing up in the world in these bigger ways? Mm. So that's the kind of process. Yeah, so you used the word impact then, and mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to explore this for a second if we could, Elena, and that is sometimes people think that big that impact has to be this big, massive thing that we need to do. Do you think that it needs to be a big, massive thing that we need to do? I actually think that the biggest impact that we can possibly make is on ourselves in our day-to-day life. That's why I start there every time. I actually think that our small choices over time are far greater in influence than we believe or than we often give them credit for. So when I talk to people about this, I often say it's easy to think that we need to change everything all at once on a world stage to have an impact, but actually the real change happens one small choice at a time with gentle accountability to our bigger goals, you know? So if we're able to think about, okay, how can I master myself? How can I master my day-to-day? And then bring in some gentle accountability, whatever that looks like for the people that are in my membership, we give that to each other, you know, we're in a, a community that fosters that. And then how can I focus on one thing at a time until I can take it to its natural fruition and then move on to another thing? Because often we can get so caught up in all all the things we need to do or I've got to go and be a member of the UN and you know help 30 million refugees like you start with okay what's what have I got in my hands right now what's right here now so I'm a blogger I can write an article about a local charity I can go and volunteer at the asylum seeker center I can 
donate $20, like whatever it is for you, just do something and start with where you're at and start to sort of exercise the muscle and start to feel what it feels like to have an impact in the way you wish to. So that's kind of the way I think about impact. And I do think it's tied in, it's tied in with income, it's tied in with your family, it's tied in with what you're able to do in a day and your energy, how you use your energy. So there's a lot of levels to that, but that's kind of how I think about it. Mm. And so from a business perspective, Elena, what does being impact-driven mean or what does it look like to be impact-driven in business? I'll speak personally here, I guess, because I don't want to speak for anyone else. But the way that, that I look at it is that if I make impact a goal, then I filter everything through that lens. So I look at, okay, what is the impact of making this choice on my family, on my bank balance, on my community, on the people I serve? Like I think through that lens. So if I set a goal, for example, I watched a film recently called The Swimmers, fantastic film, about two women who were refugees and went on to compete in the Rio Olympics. In the one of them went went on to compete and she was in the refugee team. And it's an amazing story, but it did get me thinking about my grandparents were refugees. So it got me thinking about my own genetic heritage and how I would like to do more in that area. So immediately that plants a seed of there is a very deep, authentic part of me that needs to make a difference in that arena. So I will contact the Asylum Seeker Centre and I will see what I can do. You know, I've done collections before in this local area and I just contact them and say, what can I do? And they say, well, you could do this, this or this. It can be really simple. As a business owner, if you have a degree of income but not much time, you can set up a regular donation, you can partner with organisations, you can spread the word as a partner of an organisation that makes a difference that you believe in. And I think that's actually becoming really crucial. I know that I look for that now with service providers or products. I look for it because I'm looking with that lens. I think it can be such a crucial part of business and it doesn't have to be onerous or too hard basket. You know, it can be simple. But it could just be that you decide that your business will not impact negatively on your family, that you will design your business in such a way that it fits within a certain number of hours in a week and then you offer the rest of that time to your family. So it's really very personal. So many different options there and so many different ways to look at what an impact-driven business could actually look like. I feel as though, Elena, that there is a lot of deep thinking around this, understanding a lot about that vision and that purpose that you were talking about, how can you actually be intentional with what you're doing in order to make a change and a difference with, you know, however small or however big it may be, depending on what time, energy and resources you have available to you. But that process of being a deep thinker and caring deeply about others and our environment, can that have a consequence on our lives somehow? Absolutely. I think you're touching on something so important. A lot of us under the pressures of the world quite naturally are shut down you know we are overwhelmed and a lot of women in business can find themselves in a position where as much as they dream or yearn for this on some level it's too much it's just too much to do and too much to think about and I would say that's really natural and typical and nothing to be guilty about and 
just the way our, our world is kind of set up, which is that we should be always striving for measurable success, whether it be financial or how we appear or superficial levels of success. And what I would say is that that is all good and keep going as long as you want down that lane. But there may come a time where you feel sort of the rumblings of something deeper. And that's really where I like to work because I feel like that is a massive opportunity for people to bring in a kind of a depth and a, I guess an experience that is different of life, you know. And when we do that, we model that for our children or for our communities or for our friends and family in a way that is unparalleled. So you start to become more aware those around you naturally, instantly, without you even saying a word, become more aware because they see it modeled and they see it done in a way that they can understand with someone they know. So the impact of just thinking about it and just becoming aware is really not to be overlooked. Mm, yeah, it's that awareness piece, isn't it? And like you said, that's the very first step of your membership model as well, to become aware, because when we're aware, then we can take those steps to action and, you know, achieve the, the goal, the vision, the purpose that we, yeah. we set for ourselves, which is pretty exciting. Mm. A lot of this deep thinking, though, would require energy on our behalf. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, thinking about it, taking action, taking those steps. And I feel as though sometimes that impact can go back to having that Groundhog Day feeling again yeah, that you yeah. spoke about at the beginning of the episode. So what are some things that we could do to help us manage the ebbs and flows of life? Or do we even need to manage the ebbs and flows? I really like to talk about calibration when we talk about energy. There's a few words I'm going to chuck in here and some of them are going to be a bit martial artsy because I'm a martial artist. But essentially we have infinite amounts of energy available to us over our lifetime okay we can bring energy in in a lot of different ways by what we do by what we eat by how we live by various activities that we can perform to heal ourselves for stuckness for stuck energy if you look at traditional Chinese medicine for example and talk about energy flows being blocked depends how you think about it but we have a lot of different ways on a macro scale to to bring energy and to give out energy but in the day in one day, we have a finite amount of energy. And it's really important to acknowledge that and understand that and utilize it intentionally. And the way that I like to think about that is just that you will notice if you start to notice, some things drain us, and some things top us up. So some things are going to leave us feeling fatigued. And some of those things are unavoidable. Some things to do with running a business or motherhood, or just life in general, they're going to take our energy, right? So it's really our job if we want to calibrate, if we want to become better calibrated with our own needs and our own purpose, it's really our job to notice what gives us energy and what doesn't. Now, I can't tell you what that is for you. Super personal. I love working with women on this stuff. I was recently working with one of my mentor clients on this and even just at the end of the session, she felt more energized because we were able to identify in that session what was taking her energy, what was robbing her of her freedom, if you like. Because when we feel energized, we feel more free. We feel loose and flowing and everyone knows what that feels like, right? But when we're stuck or we're low in energy and we're mired down in thoughts that are no longer serving us or actions that don't support us, then 
it's the opposite. And if we do too much of one or the other, that can have a really, really big consequence in our lives. Mm. So how can we begin to discover, Elena, those things that top us up and those things that deplete us? Is it just around the awareness piece? I think we get a lot more information than we realise from our bodies. So actually becoming clear of how we're breathing, how we're moving, how our face feels, how our body feels. If I'm holding my shoulders up here, that tells me I'm tense, I'm worried about something. If I, and even the way I'm thinking can give me cues. So like today I'm quite tired, right? So for example, I was at the school gate, I was dropping off my son, I made a comment to the deputy principal. She was kind of busy and she kind of blew it off. And I instantly went, oh, that was a bit odd. Was that something I did? Now, immediately, if I think it's because of something I did, that tells me I'm tired. That's my cue. If I turn an awkward moment onto myself and question myself and make it about me, that's a big sign to me that I'm feeling tired. I've learned that. So I went, oh, that's right, I'm tired. I didn't sleep well last night. She's just busy, you know. So that's a moment that had I not been aware of the way I work and the way my thinking works and the way my body works, I would have thought about that for the rest of the day. I would have been worried about it, you know. I mean, it's a poor example, but it's a a real example from today. And I think it's that thing about watching the way that we respond to the world, having a part of us that is separate, that observes, that sort of Buddhist attached self that can see and feel things just one step to the side and see the differences, see the ebbs and flows and feel them and respond to them. So I know today I need to have a restful afternoon. You know, I know that doing anything really hard today would probably be a bad choice. So those are the ways that I become aware and then practice that awareness. It's not just about noticing, it's about then making choices based on that noticing. I think that your example is a great example, can I just say? (laughs) Because, yes, it's something that happens to us every day in any relationships as well that we have, that we may say something and, like you said, the other person may not respond in the way that we expected them to respond and then we put it on ourselves. Oh, my goodness, what's wrong with me? Like, what have I said? And, And like you said, you actually worry about it the entire day. So I think that that was a really great example, actually. So. So with that noticing side of things, I also just want to touch perhaps a little bit on the values and the purpose, because when we're not in line with those, aligned with those, then are they kind of cues for us to look at the way we're reacting to certain situations? Of course. Yeah. When we're out of calibration and when we're out of alignment with our purpose, we can feel, well, first of all, that's a big energy stealer. So putting on a brave face or putting on a facade that you're satisfied when you're not deeply satisfied or that you are happy when you don't feel deep fulfillment takes so much energy. But how can you know that consciously or act on that consciously if you don't know, if you're not aware? So, and often we need a bit of help with this bit to really define what are our values, what are our driving principles, what are the things that really make us feel like we're right in the world where we need to be, you know, and sometimes those things get a bit elusive. There are parts of our lives where things can happen. Having a child is one of them. Grief is another one. Periods of grief. Trauma is another one. There are times when we disconnect from ourselves. We have to, to survive. Okay. It's a survival mechanism. We go into fear, flight, fawning. We can freeze. There's a lot of different ways we can respond and those habits can stick. 
And sometimes they stick at a pretty subconscious level. And even the happiest of people could have some of this going on beneath the surface, really outdated modes of operating that stick around. And psychologists can help with this often. Different forms of psychology will often delve into this. And we also delve into this a little bit in my membership because sometimes these things keep us stuck and we don't know why we can't gain momentum or traction with the things that we really desire. So the first step is how do we clear that? And that's again, quite personal, but I really like to work either one-on-one -on -one or in the membership with people on clearing exercises, practices that help you get your energy moving through again. And also just the ability to actually go, all right, this isn't working. You know, I'm gonna call it and accepting that something isn't right. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just doesn't work, it doesn't feel right. It isn't bang on what you want it to be. That takes a bit of courage. We sometimes need to develop some courage to face that and then take actions accordingly. Again, sometimes we need a bit of help with that too. So a lot of it is about connecting within and between. How do we connect inside ourselves with what is and isn't working? And also how do we connect with those around us that can support us and offer us guidance. Yeah, so important that connection piece and and getting guidance as well when you feel like you are so stuck. Yeah, hundred percent. So I just want to ask you one last question before we finish up here. You talk about a term called depletion. Can you yes. talk to us for a moment about what that is? Because I know that you have an amazing resource that can help people with this as well. Thanks. So the word depletion I find really useful for particularly women who are navigating a period of high demand, whether it be business or motherhood. I usually work with mothers, but I find this often applies to women in business as well. And I first came across the use of that word in this context with a Dr. Oscar Saralat, who is a postnatal depletion specialist. But Postnatal actually can be up to 10 years and beyond post-birth when it comes to depletion for lots of different reasons. So for mothers specifically, depletion shows up in a lot of ways. It can be a sense of hypervigilance or worry stories just not going away. It can be a sense of fatigue and literally feeling depleted at all times and never quite getting that sort of energy or zest back that you think you're waiting to get back and it doesn't come back. And it can just be a general kind of sense of disconnectedness and, and I feel a bit lost and I feel a bit stuck. And even when I'm around my family, I'm not feeling the, the depths of my joy. You know, I'm just feeling a little bit mad. Hmm. And it's different to depression. That's quite a different thing. But depletion is just this kind of ongoing Groundhog Day feeling. Yeah. And I know that so many women definitely do feel that, don't they? They That's yeah. something that they they do experience. So I'll make sure that I put the link to that particular Thank resource you. inside the show notes. And before we finish up today, Elena, I love to ask all of my guests this. Love, love, love it when women own and use their superpowers. So what do you think yes. is your superpower? Well, I think based on what you said before, it's a quiet passion for for helping mothers become the change makers they dream of being. But I often get told that, first of all, I, I get every single day that I have a voice that creates a calming space. And so creating a safe and supportive space and just giving people a chance to feel calm is one thing I definitely do. And I guess it ties in then that, I often am able to say what needs to be said at the right time. 
Okay, Alina, before we finish up today, I would love to know, do you have any final parting words of wisdom for my listeners? Absolutely. I would I would really just like to leave you with the thought, and I'm sure your listeners are as gorgeous as you are, Mel, that we each have a really special nugget of something for the world. And sometimes we know what it is, sometimes we don't, but we often need just a little bit of support to stay on it, to stay true to it. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It doesn't mean that we're failing at it. It just means that we all need each other. We all need communities or people to help us stay with it. And I just, that's the thing that I'm probably the most passionate about. And the thing that I really believe is, is every single person's right to feel like that. Yeah. And I know that you do that so beautifully as well through your membership and one-on-one. So we'll make sure that we add those links into the show notes as well. Elena, thank you so much, so, so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly appreciate you being here. Thank you, Mel. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the content effect, my membership inspiring women with service-based businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.